Alright, here we are with another episode of Musings with Matt, and I have my former professor and now friend, Elizabeth Horan, who was my professor for professional writing in um, in college. So, hi Elizabeth. Hi Matt, how are you dear? I'm doing good. Um, so, usually how I start out a podcast with a new person is I ask you about your story. So can you tell me about your story and what brought you to be, because you're a teacher and you're also a poet and a bunch of other stuff. So can you just tell me your story? Yeah, I know. I kind of wear a lot of hats these days. Yeah. Um, And I would love to say that having you as a student was wonderful and I'm also glad we're friends now. Like, I think it's wonderful when you can transition from teacher-student to friend. Absolutely. You know, because, like, then I can continue to support you and my other students. Like, I think it's very special. Mm-hmm. Um, so my story, um, I grew up in Vermont. I um, went to college out in, in Southern Oregon. Um, the area where I went to college in Ashland got really pummeled by the fires. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. It's really sad. Like, the town, we used to go play pool in Talent, which is the town next to Ashland, got, like, flattened, just gone, you know. So it was really sad to see all That's that. That's awful. But, um, so that was, like a, that was like a community you knew that was affected yeah. by... That's rough. It's a community I knew really well and that I miss. And, like, I, you know, part of me still wishes I lived there. Because um, I loved it out west. I loved it in Oregon and Washington and California, Northern California. So, but anyway, um, I studied English literature in college. I was an English major. And then I moved back to Vermont, kind of like, I came back here actually to come to a friend's wedding after yeah. college. And then, like, I just never left. And, it's kind of like, uh, I wish so badly I had done something different with my life, like with my 20s. Um, How so? And, like figured out what I wanted to be. Because mm-hmm. what I ended up doing was just like taking back my waitress job from when I was in high school and just like living, but not mm-hmm. like doing anything really good with my life. Just mm-hmm. kind of existing. And, yeah, just kind um, of. That stereo, stereotypical yeah. worker, right? Just kind of... Yeah, just, I mean, kind of like working for the man and not yeah. not helping the world, not really even helping myself, just kind mm-hmm. of, I don't know, I think I was very depressed and mm-hmm. I, I definitely struggle with mental illness like my whole adult life I mm-hmm. have. And um, it's really hard to motivate yourself to better yourself when you feel like crap yeah it's it's definitely next to impossible to try to make to try to make more of yourself when you're being crippled by depression because that's that's literally what it does to people it cripples people you know yeah i often when i'm feeling really down i use the term like paralyzed i just feel um paralyzed with sadness and with social anxiety and like can't literally like can't even write people back kind of mm-hmm. you know numbness um mm-hmm. and that's just awful so it is it's a terrible place to be so um 
So that is, I mean, that's part of me. That's part of who I am. Yeah. And, um, I... One, so my story, one good thing um, that I've learned from my own depression battles, and I think this is a good thing, it makes you very empathetic. It makes... Um, in my in my in my opinion and in my experience it makes it easier to be able to have that empathy and to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes that is struggling because you know what it feels like to feel like shit yeah and i also think i totally agree and i also think people who are tend to be sensitive people which i am like i kind of feel everything you know, tends to leave you more depressed because yep. you care about stuff and seeing people hurt, seeing animals hurt, seeing whatever, if you internalize it. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, being like a sensitive person is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, makes us more empathetic and it also makes us more prone to sadness and anxiety because we feel almost too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas people who don't internalize stuff like that are often like, whatever, it's like, it's fine, it's all good, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, it's the um, only caring about yourself and not caring about the entire community. Like, if you have that mindset and you're able to live off that mindset, um, yeah, you're easier to be able to be, uh, to brush things off rather than if you're an empathetic person, it's much harder. Um and, and um, we need more empathetic people. So I'm not sitting here saying that um, that yeah. we need no, I... we need more empathetic people in the world. We need more empathetic people in charge of things. We need more of all of that. So um, so you're also a mother, right? Mm-hmm. I sure am. So tell so me I... about that. Part of. Um... So, like the transition of me um, kind of I feel like I kind of wasted 20 years of my life like 20 to well I'm sure you didn't waste 20 years <laughs> yeah no that's me being really hard on myself yeah um, I so I finally um, had babies when I was 35 and 37 and I, okay. I really didn't think I would be able to and had a very hard time getting pregnant for a lot of years um, and when I had my two babies, I decided not to go back to my law office job, which I didn't right. enjoy, and um, to stay home mm-hmm. with them and enjoy that and just and just be a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also decided I wanted to go back to school and get a master's finally. So mm-hmm. I did. I went to SNHU, got my English um, and creative writing master's, and mm-hmm. then I did a MFA in poetry through Lindenwood and then doing the MFA like I got poems some poems published and it was like the most exciting thing ever and I just wrote hundreds and hundreds of poems and you know Mm -hmm. um, because I have my two masters now I was able to start teaching community college Mm -hmm. Um, so so yeah those are I I take care of my kiddos, and I teach online, and I write poetry. Yeah, and your poems, the ones I've read anyway, are magnificent from the ones that I've read. Oh, anyway. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. They really are. I mean that. I wouldn't just say that. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, um, 
So tell me, tell me a little bit about um, your law job. I know we talked about it before, but this is a a new podcast. So tell me, yeah. a, tell me a little bit about it, and tell we talk about that. About it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working for a law firm in Hanover, who um, and they focused mostly on estate planning. So my day was um, like creating. Um, estate planning documents for really wealthy people. Right. In other words, writing their wills and trusts and powers of attorney and all that kind of stuff. And I was making, you know, um, enough to get by. But I, what I really, I mean, my job felt so, um, I don't know what, like, ironic or, or sardonic. I don't know what the sadistic, like, creating... Yeah, um to help people who are millionaires save money right when like we mentioned before like when i couldn't afford my mortgage and health insurance right which is uh i had to choose you know and it was like it just it was well it's not fair right it's not fair it's not fair yeah let's just say it it's not how yeah it wasn't fair and and like of how fucked up our world and economy is yep. where you know i guess you could have called me like lower working middle class yeah. like working so hard to help wealthy people stay more wealthy have, have you um, ever seen the bit by george carlin <laughs> called the big club i don't think so here just hold on okay so he he talks about how um do you know who George Carlin is? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. He's like an actor, or not an actor, a comedian, but um. Yeah. He did this about three minute bit. Hold on, I'm just gonna send it to you, and you can watch it when um. Okay. Because. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be better if a leather? Yeah, so teaching community college, like, yeah. I don't Actually, make a lot of money. Can you hear that? With limited carry options, responsible gun owners... Not well. Restri- no. No. What about... Hold on. What about now? Hold on. But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for... You can't hear that. Okay. I'm just going to send it to you. But it's, okay. um, it's about a three-minute bit where he talks about how... In in America, um, you know, the corporations and the 1% really, like, it's a big club. And they treat you and they treat others like, um, and our whole economy is designed to make sure that they get um, tax breaks and to make sure that they get special deals and to make sure... You know, and he just, yeah. he, he breaks right. it down about how, you know, you know, the people in power in this country, um, well, the majority of them, and it's been like this for a long time now, about how they don't want people who can critically think, and they just want people who will be obedient and do the do the job that they're asked, you know, just just people that are just smart enough to be able to run the machines and do the paperwork and accept, you know, all the increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay and the longer hours and um, right. no health insurance. And um, while 
the top 1%, which owns more wealth than the bottom 92%. And, um, and he just talks about that. So I encourage you to watch it. And um, as long as you're not offended by swearing. No, you know me. Yeah. Um, like, He's and like, not, and not be smart enough to right. question it. Right. Exactly. Just, like, it, it, think even, of yourself. I'm lucky. I have a job. Yeah. Now I can buy groceries. But like, is that lucky? Is that no? That shouldn't <laughs> be. Know? That shouldn't be considered lucky, right? That should be considered yeah. right. You know, if that, if that, if you have a job and you work forty hours a week. That you are not living in poverty and you have and you have health insurance and um, I can't even think about how much better our outcomes would be overall of as a society if everybody had a living wage at their job if everybody had yeah. health if everybody had health care mental health care all if just the health care part like, yeah um, you know if I the health care part's huge it's the biggest if ask. I had, if, at that job if I had had um, Health, government health care. Yeah. Like Medicaid, which I have now. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been okay because I would have been able to afford my mortgage and made enough that I wasn't at least suffering and struggling over paying health care premiums. Right. You know? So I was better off to leave my job, have Medicaid, so that my children can go to the hospital so yeah. that I could get help for mental health, which yeah. I did. You know, and and have food stamps. Right. And and was it does that feel good to me to say like I'm better off super low income poor than working middle class? Well, when you have two young kids that need food and exactly, and, you can't work sixty you know, hours a week because you and they so the other choice is they go into daycare and I can barely take them to the doctor. Right. You know, so like, yeah. what kind of life is that? And so the choice to me was completely obvious. Right. And if had universal health care, it might have been different. Maybe I would have said, okay, I'll keep working at least even part time. Um, but there's what's the incentive to do that if it's such a shitty option? Right. You know? And what really bothers me about the whole thing is that in this country, we could pay for universal health care. Like yeah. we totally could, but we choose yeah. not to like, that's, I think what, re- I think that's really what well, make, well, who's that's choosing it. The politicians. I mean, who's well, like, well, like, I feel like they've go ahead. Made it, well, you know, they tout it as like socialism. Right. Well, fine. Like, you know, they turn it into this dirty word when really it's like helping Everyone. Which which we already have. This is the argument I use. We already have socialist programs in our economy. We already have a mixed economy. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, the fire department, police department, public schools. Those are all socialist ideas. That is, you don't, I, I heard an argument one time. It's like, you don't. You don't call like a private fire department and have them come put out your fire. You you pay taxes and then if your house catches on fire, the fire department comes and put out your fire. And mm-hmm. it it's sad, you know, I'll use we'll use Bernie Sanders as an example because as you know I was a supporter of his and you're a supporter yeah. of his. I was 
part of his campaign both times. Oh, and, that's great. And, um, yeah, Thank I campaigned. I volunteered for him and knocked doors both times. And um, the reason I did was because there were other politicians that I liked, but Bernie was the only one who he didn't – he doesn't do things – to be popular, you know, he does things based on things and says things based on things which he feels like are, are right. And yeah. like with the, right. with the, he's the only one that will come out and say, say, yes, I'm for government run healthcare. Like, not government run, sorry, we shouldn't say that. Government funded, government funded yeah. healthcare. Right. Um, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. Um, it's, because right. no, what he doesn't say what he needs to say, he doesn't change his stance on things to get elected or to no. be popular. Like, he sticks with what he believes yep. in and what it will be good for the people in the country, and he doesn't change. And, and that's probably to his detriment on why he'll never, he never would won the... Well, this country, and we talked about this before, this country, unfortunately, wouldn't allow Bernie Sanders to become president because yeah. of the implications on... With both the Democrats... Hey, the Democrats stopped him both times. So they did whatever they could to to stop them both times, and um, because they don't want the like because at the end of the day they're bought and paid for by Wall Street too, and Bernie Sanders you know doesn't fucking care about Wall Street. He cares if people have health care. He cares about if we're f- tackling cr- climate change, and he comes out and he says it. Another example about about him and why I liked him like. A lot of, you know, Democrats will use gay marriage as an example of an issue. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. That has just recently, and since like the 1990s, early 2000s, been the Democratic um, position to be same-sex marriage. Bernie Sanders was fighting for same-sex marriage in the 70s. Like, yeah. when, when, it was like when it was like detrimental to do that, like, he, he was... He yeah. no. for the times or the popularity or the momentum like he always believed in that and i just want to say one more thing about bernie um and i this um one of the another reason why i loved him so much is i was watching this interview with him one time and they asked him he said you know bernie why did you get into politics you know most and 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 he's like he's like well you know most people get into politics and they have like a five-year plan and they figure out you know well if i do this and do this right i could be president you know in five years or ten years he's like that's not why i got into politics i got into politics because i give a damn and that that's what made made him special but and what in his his agenda which is popular with the majority of americans yeah i wonder if um if the democrats had let bernie be the nominee do you think he would have beaten trump do you um, think he would have won it or would have trump still won um if <laughs> bernie was i think well i think bernie would have i think he bernie would have won in 2016 because when Trump won in 2016, he he won Michigan and Wisconsin. Those you know the, those were those hard there's a lot of hardworking union states there, and he won there because those places have been gutted and had a lot of manufacturing jobs and stuff taken away. And Trump went there, and he was like, and Hillary didn't even go to Wisconsin, and Trump went there and was like, um, "Don't sell your house. I'm gonna." 
I'm going to, you know, make sure that these jobs come back. Of course, he lied because that's what he does. He's the he's the biggest liar. Yeah. So um, and that's why it swung back this time for Biden, because they were pissed. Um, but I have to wonder if, but if it, the nominee, would he have gone there? Would he I think he, to? I think he would have. And what the, they actually showed, there was a lot of people in 2016 that voted for Bernie in the primary and then voted for Trump because, and while they, while they do sound like polar opposites and they are in most pretty much everything, one thing they do had, they did have in common Especially in 2016, Trump lost it in 2020 because he became the most establishment president we've ever had. Because of think about Goldman Sachs people he put in his in his in his it's just terrible. Um, but they both in 2016 they both kind of had the mantra you know like fuck the system though it's not working for you. So I think a lot of people who voted voted for Bernie had that aspect, and then Bernie lost, and Hillary, which was viewed as a like the establishment candidate. I still voted for Hillary uh, because she would have been a better president in every aspect of the word. But I supported Hillary. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't jumping up and down about it. I mean, I, I still, I think I think so much of it is that she's a woman and absolutely, just, lot and lot we're of the not reason do that. We're not willing to do that. And a lot of the reason Biden didn't have that. as much of an issue as Hillary did is because he's a man. That's he's just, a man. yeah. He might be old and he might be moderate and establishment, but he's a man. And maybe a little he, senile. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But but the thing about Biden is, senile or not, old or not, he's going to put in place the people to run the country yeah. with him. Oh, absolutely. Him. And he will. It's going to be fine. You yeah. know, it's going to be fine. He's going to get gonna back into the. And we're going to be safer and better off. So abs- like, absolutely. Is he going to. Push yeah. for Medicare for all? Probably not. But is no. is he going to you know fight the coronavirus and and tackle yeah. climate change? Hell yeah, he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he is, and he's going to hire the people here, and he is hiring the people that he needs to do those jobs, and then they will go take care of that. You know, like, right? We not we don't expect him to do all those things, but he knows how to hire the right people. Right. To make shit happen. And like. At least Biden. And Hillary would have also done that. Hillary would have absolutely hired the right people absolutely to do her work, do the country's work. Well, and I've Trump thought about a lot. Insane people, I right? Mean, Trump, Trump's like appointees, and and I mean, oh my God, you know, like Betsy DeVos in charge of the education department, an oil lobbyist I mean, in charge of the EPA, like yeah, like he would point the absolute opposite choice the, yeah. the worst choice possible is what he would do and, and at least with biden and like i said before i had to stop listening to the news when right. that was going on because i was just like are you kidding me like it was so stressful and upsetting it was like I just like checked he, out he appointed um the people that he appointed to be in charge of an agency he they appoint, appointed those people to like destroy the agency that they to were destroy trying to destroy it. Yeah, that, to destroy the agency. And that was to, the to scariest. Completely undo. Yeah. All of the things the agency stood for. Yeah, and basically eliminate government from helping any anybody or being knowledgeable about anything in our just basically eliminate government from our society almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then look at the coronavirus. 
Well, I think about all the time how much better off we would be. How much better off would we have been if Hillary Clinton would have been the president during the pandemic? Like, it would, it would have been... Astro- like, it would have been handled. Yeah. It would have been handled. I mean, she would have... When she knew, she would have hired people on a task force that yeah. weren't freaking vice president and Jared yeah. Kushner well, to... I mean, she would have hired scientists and said, yeah. get this under control. Well, Obama left him a pandemic Think response team. how many lives would have been saved. Oh. Think about the lives that would have been saved. Just just that, if Hillary, yeah. instead of Trump, like, we might have come out okay. We'd be- and instead, look at our country. It's so fucked with it, coronavirus. It like, is. We are right now yes we are um, we are absolutely and, and i have to i have to go back to in-person school tomorrow so that's cool you yep okay yep it's for now back to claremont yeah in person in person yep full yeah. not even hybrid where we had we had two days remote um monday and tuesday and then we were off for thanksgiving but we're going back yeah. full steam tomorrow there's like there's like a bunch of teachers that are quarantined and a bunch of students that are quarantined, but okay. yeah, pack us back in, man. You've had a fair amount of cases there. Um, we had two last week. That's why we went remote. That's why you went remote. Yeah. Days. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, it's very scary being there, it is. and um, knowing that it's in the building, like kids have it, yeah. like. It's it's in the built. I mean, I don't know. People could, people could still. I'm sure there's other people that have it too that are just are asymptomatic or just haven't gotten tested right. or, because the so, that's another big failure with Trump with the coronavirus was the testing. The testing was a huge failure, because he yeah. because he didn't listen to the experts in January and was like, oh, it's not that big a deal, and then by the time March when he finally accepted that this was a thing it was too late to get testing going hillary when hillary if hillary clinton had been president she right when she that she was briefed on it in january she would have started getting ready with testing she would have yeah right then right then and there mobilized like everything she could have yeah she would have or well she would have went to whatever scientists and doctors and say what do i do dr fauci example do this this and this and she would have said get it done Rather, no. rather than Trump, who calls the doctors idiots, like, <laughs> like, because he thinks. I mean, he, I just think I think so many of these coronavirus deaths are on his hands. I would Those so two hundred sixty thousand people have died. I would say two hundred thousand could have been prevented if it wasn't for Trump. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you weren't gonna. I do too. And I think. I think anyone who understands science and disease and and is has common sense could agree with that. Yeah, and I think most people who are knowledgeable would agree that you could have saved yeah. a two hundred thousand out of the two hundred sixty thousand. That's kind of what I've read, and I think it could have been. It, that's how much you could have like in sixty thousand people dying. Still terrible, but it's not two hundred sixty thousand people. It's 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 a big difference. It's a big difference. Sad. It is sad, and it's gonna be hard yeah. for. And it, I think Biden's gonna do his damnedest with his team, but it's gonna be hard thing for him to fix and get out of. It's gonna be very hard. It is. Yeah. It's not gonna be immediate. No, and you know. 
and you know and there's he's still gonna be people out there who are like no matter what biden does and what the states do are not gonna wear their masks no and they won't you know? stay home like so i mean it'll get better but it's a it's gonna be a I've I've said this for to several people. If we would have just sucked it up and stayed home for six weeks at the beginning of this six weeks to two months, everyone. Yeah, if we would have just sucked it up for two months and stayed home, we would have been out of this a while ago. But people just wouldn't do it. They would, they 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 wouldn't have. They 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 took it on as their attack of of the of their civil liberties and decided that you know coronavirus was a hoax. Which, again, I can't blame, and I hate to blame everything well, on Trump, but, like, he called it a hoax at his well, rallies. Like, who else are you going to blame? Right? right. No, I mean, his supporters believe everything he says. I know. So if he says that, and he says, I'm not going to wear a mask, yeah. why would they? Why would he, they? In, Febu- in February, at the end of February, right before it got really bad here, it was already bad around the world yeah. in February, he called it, he's like, this is the new democratic hoax. Like, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's reprehensible. It, it is killed, killed thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, and Those we're still words. not out of it. Those and words. you know, every time I cough now, I'm like, oh no, like you, it's like a new anxiety thing. You know, no, it's it, it causes me so much anxiety. I mean, I every day I have nightmares. I've had nightmares like every night since. March, no, you know? that's awful. Just, nightmares suck. I get them too. Just Not that nightmares, much, but anxiety, out of control dreams, and you know, like my husband is really high risk, like really high risk with mm-hmm. severe, severe chronic asthma. Mm-hmm. All four of my my parents and my in laws elderly with high risk, like you know it, and then also knowing that I could get a text anytime that the school in Thetford is closing again. And the kids are coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, being at home twenty four seven with my kiddos is not ideal for no. them or me. No, but too uh, hard. It, it's really hard. And um, I know learning shit. Oh my god! Like I'm terrible at it. Like I, I can't feed them and care for them and keep them from fighting and teach them. Like how do how do you do that? You don't. Um, you just do you know, the best you can. eight and nine. Like, they're high-energy boys with some special needs with mm-hmm. learning, and it's like, it's a nightmare. I'm sure it is. And I basically gave up. I I, I did it for a few weeks, and then I was like, I can't, you know? Like, I did the bare minimum mm-hmm. with the remote learning. I could not do it. And I imagine, like, people in New York City don't even have, like, a computer or Wi-Fi yeah. Their kids are home. Like, what are they supposed to do? We are have that. We have that here in Claremont. To do, we know? told. Right. We well, told kids when well, we went. We went remote learning. No yeah, we right. went. To, told kids when we went to remote learning last year. They some of them were told to go and do your work at the parking lot so you can use the hotspot right. if you don't have Wi-Fi. Go, go go sit in the car and do your learning with the library Wi-Fi kind of thing. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, what? How, how on earth? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I couldn't even, I can't get my kids to do it or focus and we're at home. Right. I'm lucky I do have internet, you know? So like, it's just, the remote learning is, is hard for everyone, I think. It is. The remote learning is hard and I'm the, certainly not an advocate for it, 
But I talk to people. I'm also no. not an advocate for death, so it's hard. We're right. Yeah. Right. We're, no. We're not, and if things get out of control in the schools, of course they need to close. Yeah, but and it's a, it's if it's a, can... it's a battle of the data right now because it's not like it was in New Hampshire. It's not like it was uh, five months ago when we were getting thirty cases of the day. We're getting four hundred to five hundred cases of COVID in yeah. New Hampshire right now, and I don't know what it's like in Vermont, but I can't. Um, but it's. Well, that's scary. Vermont has done better than New Hampshire. Oh I yeah, for sure. Is I mean, we have a Republican governor, but he is he's not not supportive of Trump, and yeah. he makes his own fucking decisions. Yeah, and he's not been a puppet. And Our governor sucks. Chris Sununu is terrible. Ages ago, he shut things down and required masks, and it kept Vermont very safe yeah. for a very long time. And right now, we're having upticks and all that shit but it's still not as bad as new hampshire i don't think no um new hampshire's um, bad um and we have a governor uh chris sununu who first off i can't stand he's the most used car salesman yeah. um lying yeah. um he is he does like trump and he yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't make any at f- i will say at first um at the beginning of the pandemic he made some okay decisions, but since about like May, he's been he he just did a mask mandate like two weeks ago. Right. Like it's it's, it's six months too late. Yeah, like it's, like and and um Phil Scott, okay, so he's a Republican. I voted for him this election. You did? Yeah. Yeah. And I've I don't think I've ever repo- voted Republican in my life. Yeah. Um but I voted for him because he has kept this state really safe. Yeah, he has he done a good job. He his own decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. He's morally a smart and good person. So I'm like, you know what? You keep going, buddy. Like, mm-hmm. you've proven to me you can do a good job running this state. And mm-hmm. I don't give a shit that you're a Republican. No, of course. Um, just run our state and keep us safe. And that, and I felt like he has shown me he can do that. So yeah. I... I so I did. And that's the way um, it should be. I've never voted for. That's the way it should be. I, I've yeah, never, I've never voted for a Republican. Blindly. I've yeah. never voted for a Republican, but that's just because there's never been one that. If there was one that came across and spoke to me on issues and um, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, and stuff like that, you know, I I would, but I just hasn't haven't had well, that yet. Um, Phil Scott, Phil Scott has balls. Like he, yeah. you know, he has a, a like a I don't know how many days a week but this press briefing where he lets the you know, doctors and scientists tell him what to do and that's so the way it should be completely yeah right and and he's he's not making decisions just because he feels like it right he's listening to the experts and then the other thing he did when he um was first elected was he did pass um some really important gun safety laws even though there were as, like his Republican supporters out protesting him as he did it. He did it anyway. Good for him. He did him. not say, "Okay, I'm worried about losing my mm-hmm. constituents because I'm well, that's down that's the problem with our governor. He did it anyway. That's and I'm a, like good for you. That's the problem you know? with our governor. He won't do things to um to fight the coronavirus now because it'll piss off his his base. And right. and he stopped do he stopped doing it in the summer. He started doing stuff, but then he stopped in the summer because he had to yeah. run for reelection. 
So he he didn't. And and think about this: the comparison of that. Phil Scott got me a a lifelong leading heart Democrat. I voted Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because he did what he thought was right. Right. With guns and with the virus. Yeah. You know. And that counts. Not just, you know. But, to his constituents to, you know, his li- Literally, Chris Sununu will let people die before he does anything that will go against his constituents. And that is the definition. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's, and that's the that's definition of political like, just terribleness. Yeah. yeah, that's political terribleness because yeah. it means all you care about is being in power mm-hmm. and you don't actually care about the welfare of your people, right. of the the people right you know and when you're a politician the public health and the welfare of your of the the people that voted you in should be number one not right. not just right. your constituents keep them safe. like keep, keep, yeah um, save the lives of your of your citizens you know i like and i know right. people like, you know how doctors take the vow of the first thing they have, the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. Mm-hmm. You know, politicians should have to do that. Yeah, they really first, should. do no harm. Don't kill your citizens. Yeah. For your own Please. political power, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they should have to take an oath like that. I agree. And um, I tried to get, I don't I don't know, but I, I think New Hampshire, there is a big... There's a big right wing presence in New Hampshire, like yeah. there there yeah. is, and I mean I live in a town that yeah. there's Trump signs everywhere. I coach yeah. I coach football and I run with there all the time. Like people yeah. wearing "Make America Great Again" hats to my practice, yeah. and so it's just right. the, um, it's the it's 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 a culture problem too. I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. And um. You know, a tough guy, macho. Well, yeah, the strong man, like, which, you know, which, you know, told me what to do, you know, and that's such like a, I mean, that's in Vermont too, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the most, I think the most scary thing. What are they so, what are they so afraid of? Right. Um, it makes them vulnerable to, you know think of compassion yeah i I don't they view it's it's viewed it's viewed it's viewed as a weakness to like show empathy and and compassion and that's just kind of their mantra and it's like the it's the the toxic masculinity and it's the it's it's a big part of that's a big part of the trump appeal it's a big part of the Trump appeal because he uses the the strong man, you know, he's a big he's right. a big tough guy, law and order, you know, I'm going to things like, you know, I'm going to build a wall and, and, and you know, yeah. things that are well, just crazy and it's promoting it's promoting hatred towards yeah. women. I mean, he got elected after admitting to grabbing women's pussies. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He got elected I remember. <laughs> after admitting that he sexually assaults women. And so laughing about it. And and making jokes about it, knowing he's above the law mm-hmm. from it for some reason. Think about what that says to women. And, and, you know, and I know and, he... And think what that does to promote rape culture. Yeah. 
and I know he lost this time. That's okay. He lost this past election, but 73 million people still voted for him. Right. And now, are they they're saying it'd be okay if their daughter right. was grabbed in the pussy by Trump or something <laughs> like him? That's okay. I, I know, I know. I mean to me that's them condoning that. Yeah. You vote for him. And you're condoning sexual <clears throat> assault and misogyny. Making fun of disabled oh. people and yep. r- being just clearly racist, you know. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> Think of the um hate crimes that have I mean, we haven't even talked about the Black Lives Matter movement. No, let's talk about it. Think of, think of the um, the hatred with his speaking and his values have perpetrated in taking black lives, taking lives of protesters, mm-hmm. um, fueling police violence, fueling just fueling hatred and fueling racism. Mm-hmm. People think it's okay to go shoot someone in the back. He... You know, like, it's fucked up. He was literally asked... I'm not for defunding police. I'm not for... I'm not, like, one side or the other at all. No. I'm for, like, let's not hate each other and kill each other. Like, any of us. I want want the police... Like, so I... So I have to go through four years of training and education just to be a case manager. I kind of feel like police should have more and i'm not i'm not like i know this is really touchy because i have friends who are cops and they're good people um no i think but you go to the police academy for you go to the police academy for two months and then you come become a cop like you know you have to to become a teacher you have to go through this rigorous education for years like i don't know something Something needs to be addressed. Is, is to be addressed. Right. Like I have, um, I have kids that I coached football for. That I coached a football three, four years ago, who are now cops, and it's like, and they're still babies. Yeah, they're like twenty. They're like twenty years old, and like, and it's. Like, like, I'm sorry, but you're still kind of a baby. Like you're. Like you well, like an, your your frontal your frontal uh, lobe isn't fully functional till you're twenty five. No, so no, should right. you should you be a cop with you when you're 20? I don't know about that whole business. Making decisions with, of life and death. Right. And, and who lives and dies and if you use your gun, no. I I shouldn't be not without not without more extensive training of how to handle things in a nonviolent way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't know what what the training would look like, but I think that's a really great idea. Well, they need and, they need like I get de I'm sure they get de escalation training, but like with my job, yeah. I yeah. I get a ton of it and along a yeah. along along with like um you know all the college work I have to do I kind of feel like you know it's not a far fetched thing to say to be to say that you have you should have a degree in criminal justice to be a cop like I I don't think have a college degree a, in, in criminal have justice a what's that. Do, do cops need a college degree at all to no. become a cop? Or, no. You know? If they want to become, like, a detective or something like that, they do. But to just be, okay. yeah. But not to just, yeah. No, they go to the police so academy for three months, and then they're a cop. So that's, that's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. I because mean, if you haven't, if you don't have a BA or a BS, yeah. like, you, you just don't know enough about the world of no. life. And, and you're not old enough. I hope, like, yeah. that does, and I agree. 
I just don't want to offend anybody because I, I like, oh my God, just because I don't have a degree doesn't mean I'm not smart, which is obviously no, not. No. I'm so- no, I, I'm saying it in terms of like, let's support cops. More yeah, absolutely. And let's get them more training. Program that help them get educated where they, yeah. you know, have help from the government to get that degree. Yeah. To and get training to be more, not just send out our young babies out to go fight crime when they don't have the skills. Exactly. How is that fair? It's not. You know? And also. It's putting them at risk and it's putting, it's. That's too much pressure on any young man or woman. Like trying to, I'm, trying I'm to completely for supporting the police and making things better for them. And try to make sure you weedle out the cops that are in it for the wrong reasons. You know that are in it to try to uh, to like when you have instances like George Floyd and you have and you have a cop that's kneeling on your neck for eight minutes. Like, I know that that's not what they teach you at the police academy. At least I don't think, at least I don't think it is. I mean, just, no, ju- I, I doubt it is. Yeah, it just, just to make sure that, um, you know, you don't get people who are cops that are just doing it so they can, like, be in charge of people. You know what I mean? It's and, hard to know. It's hard to know what I know. any one of them could have been thinking that day. I will tell you, I, um, I watched the documentary series called, um, it was about Flint and Flint police and the community, <coughs> um, Flint town, mm-hmm. Flint town on Netflix. It was really good. And it, um, it showed both sides really well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you followed the police and you followed, you know, this underfunded department with, you know, young cops with not a lot of training mm-hmm. going out into the Flint night, way understaffed, mm-hmm. you know, not enough money to make it safe for them. And then <coughs> trying to cope with massive violence and crime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In a really poor city mm-hmm. that has had shit luck, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we... And, and you look at this... this this dichotomy of black community and these cops and and uh, and some of the cops were from that black community mm-hmm. and just the pain in them of like well we how have... am i supposed to do this job how am i supposed to do this job part you of know? the you know the systemic racism it was really powerful i recommend it highly part of the systemic racism problem is the fact that we have so many communities that we kind of just have stuck it stuck people mostly of color not always obviously but mostly of color in these communities with jobs that don't pay much without educational opportunities with like you mentioned with cops that are understaffed and underfunded and right. and we don't do anything so about it and we just they go out they go out for their shift every night like in fear right so right. think of how that already triggers emotions on the job because they're not supported because they don't have the mm-hmm. right equipment and how all, is that going to go well for anybody all those pe- and all those people are already living in survival mode because right. they they, they yeah. have a small apartment and probably kids and they have yeah. no no good job and they don't have probably don't have health care and all of these things sure. Um, their, li- their lives are already highly stressful. Yeah. And 
That's why yeah, when when people are stressful, that's when they do crazy stuff. It's just <laughs> and you know Flint. Like I mean, we could talk all night about Flint, but yeah, the water crisis there. Talk about a community feeling like the government doesn't give a it's shit. It's still about bad. You. And I'll even I'll even criticize Obama for that because he didn't do shit about it. He should have done he more. He didn't do shit. Yeah. And in that same documentary, it shows him going. He goes to Flint, and he sits down in front of everybody on the the yeah. news op and drinks a glass of Flint water. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. And it's that. like, see, it's fine. Yeah. And it is fucked up, and it, it you know, and some women after that being interviewed were like he wasn't my president no more yeah and that makes me sad because in a lot yeah, of aspects in a lot of aspects i really a lot of aspects i really like obama and um he's he screwed that he but no but that. he screwed that he screwed up flint bad the and obviously trump was doesn't fucking care about it so um you know of course, i know <laughs> and there's so many cities like that it's not just flint i mean no no. Yeah. It's no. all over the place. Um, and he, you know, like, another issue with, with Trump, like, uh, the, and I want to talk about this with you, is what he did at our southern border while he was president with separating children from their parents. And how, like, how evil is that? Like, um, and, and I know because oh, Obama... Um, put people in cages too for different reasons and he didn't separate kids from their parents unless like their parent was like a a killer or something like that and he um and they but the the trump administration literally in 2017 as a deterrent for coming across the border Took parent took kids away from their parents and didn't keep track of it. That's the worst part. Didn't keep track right. of where what so kid. Yeah, and now there's like five hundred and I think it's five hundred and forty five children that are down there, and they've been sitting down there. For- All right, so we were we were talking about we were talking about Trump and this and what he did at the southern border, and um, I've done. I've done a lot of research and got a lot of education about um, trauma and and what that does uh-huh. to as uh-huh. a child to be separated from their parents, not knowing where they where their parents are, not knowing where they are. Like we've completely, even if we like do, because I and I know Biden had said that he wants to like put a team of lawyers together and try to do the best he can to try to reunite these families, but we have completely screwed those kids over forever like you know what i mean yeah yeah they're not going to be okay again no um even if reunited and with therapy and whatever even if they got like the best services in the world like taking young children from their parents loved ones um no kids don't recover from that no i have that i know that i mean we know that causes addiction and mm-hmm. self-harm and lasting trauma for your whole life so um i have a really hard time you know like <clears throat> thinking about that and <clears throat> first off being able to not get extraordinarily angry about it but um uh-huh. 
how the... I have a really hard time with thinking of how people could possibly think that that's a good policy. Like, how could... Right. Like, you know what? I have a, just have a really hard time with yep. coming to terms with that. And I don't know if... Well, I don't think you can come to terms with no. it. I mean, there's no... And, you know, we all... We've all been hearing about it, but what are we supposed to do about it when the world is, like, burning up in flames because of everything that Trump is doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and everything he's done over the so last... many things that is horrific. Yeah. I, like, I know we talked about, like, he proposed every year of his pre- presidency to cut... $1.3 trillion from Medicaid over the next 10 years. He proposed that every sing- every year. It never went through, yeah. thankfully, because thankfully, the one good thing that I've really, and I knew this beforehand, but one good thing, one good thing that I've learned throughout the Trump presidency is our government is very bu- bureaucratic and it has a lot of checks and balances. So thankfully, someone someone like Trump who wants to be a dictator, it's very, very... Now, had he gotten four more years, he probably could have pulled it off. But it's very difficult. There have not been checks and balances on him until this election. Right. I feel like the election has been the only check and balance. Well, there have been a lot of of instances where, like, courts have... um, overthrown some of the executive orders and and stuff right, like the Muslim the Muslim ban and yeah, stuff like that yeah and, there's and yeah, you know but it's, not, it's not enough if no it it's not enough. enough it was enough um, and he should have been impeached you know yeah he should have been impeached and it's you know Mitch McConnell is gonna burn in hell yeah um and all those fucking pussies because they <sighs> I'm sorry no they, I they love are, it. The worst enablers you could imagine. And talk about, you know, not standing up for what's right. They will do anything to stay in power. Lindsey Graham? Yeah. Fucking kidding me. Lindsey Graham, who was talking about when Trump was running for president, how he was like, Lindsey Graham was at like one of the Republicans out there saying how terrible he was, and then Trump becomes president, and all of a sudden he's his best friend. He thought he was going to lose. Right. He thought he was going to lose. Right. He didn't. And. You know, and Mitch McConnell has gotten exactly what he's wanted out of the Trump presidency. He's gotten to load our courts up with with very conservative, not even moderate judges, like conservative judges, not just the Supreme Court, but all the way down our court system. Like, I don't even know the exact number and I don't even want to know because I know it'll just piss me off. But um, he has completely loaded our courts with conservative judges and that. It's going to be there long after Trump's gone. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, and when you look back, too, at what Mitch McConnell did when Obama was president. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, you know, was like, I'm going to make sure whatever Obama wants to do doesn't happen. Yep. At whatever cost. Even if it's good for the country. Whether it's good for the people or not. Yeah. And that, to me... Is despicable. That is despicable. You know, it's worse than Trump in a way because it's just well, so well, political. How about it's what he so... did? How about what he did with the Supreme Court? Obama uh-huh. appoints a judge with, I think it was like right. nine months left in his presidency, and right. he's and like he, says, he says he says 
He says, no, we can't do that. It's an election year. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies a month before an election, and they get their pick in a week before an election. Like, how is that not the most hypocritical shit you've ever seen? Oh, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. and I mean, there's recording of Lindsey Graham being like, I will, I promise I would never let this happen, regardless of who is in power. Well, guess what he did? Voted for the... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's such a bitch. He's such. <laughs> I, I, I I agree. I agree. All those all those guys. Ted Ted Cruz. Uh-huh. Trump uh-huh. Trump attacked Ted Cruz's wife, and then right. and then Ted Cruz has been one of the biggest Trumpers over the last four yeah. years. Like, do you not have any self respect besides yeah. you know? It's sad. It's yeah. sad, and they should all be ashamed, and they're all gonna burn in hell, and you know, fuck up, like. I saw a. Com- so- and there's no recourse. Like, what do we do about that? Yeah. I mean, if they get reelected in their states, like, fuck, you can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being in Kentucky and thinking that voting Mitch McConnell for Mitch McConnell is a good idea. It's sad. It's <laughs> it, sad. It is. It is. I mean, it's so much more complex than we can probably even know because, like, who knows what's going on in Kentucky and, like, I, I get, you know, I think there's so much, like... I know, I know it's very, you know, I know it's very poor and there's a lot of poverty there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, so, I don't know. I don't know why the... They would ever vote for somebody for Mitch McConnell, who all he's ever done with his career is to give free giveaways to rich people, because that's what he, that's what that that's like his life goal. People, no, because he, what has he done to help his people or the people of this country? Ever? I, I don't see anything. No. I don't see anything. No, me like, either. What result has he done that has helped us? Nothing. Oh, that makes me hot under the collar for sure. Well, I didn't mean to make you hot under the collar, but this is well, this is great podcast no. content, though. I mean, when we when we talk about Trump, it just happens. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also, but also, I think the anger I felt during the Obama years for the Republicans um, really gets because Obama was trying to do things to help people. And they wouldn't let it. They wouldn't and let it happen. Obama was also, he also tried to do a lot of, he wanted to work with Republicans a lot. Like, right. he wanted, he, he was willing to. He, Obama yeah. was, is a, a very, he like, he was very progressive in his views, but he, yeah. but he came into the middle a lot to try and come together with some of these Republicans, but they didn't yeah. care. Like, they did not. No, they... no, and they would just block him because he was Obama. And, you know, you think back about, like, Ted Kennedy. I mean, Obama was, in, and John McCain, they were in that field of, like, all work together if it helps our people. Right, right. That's the altruistic form of government of mm-hmm. this should be about people, our mm-hmm. people, and our country, and not about our own political game. One, and, you know, one area... I mean, John McCain, yeah. he was about working together. He was. You know, Kennedy was about working together. Losing both of them was bad for our yeah. country. Because what other, what other Republicans are out there that will ever work together? I'm not sure there are any more that do. No, I, I not, in our, that, not in our federal era, government in any way. That era has ended, you yeah. know, of um, these... That are actually servants to the people. I mean, you know? Mitt Romney, maybe. I don't know. Mitt Romney, 
Mitt Romney will not burn in hell because he's the only one with balls and he's the only one who did what was right. He still he still yeah. voted for Comey Barrett though. He still well, okay. yeah. yeah. But I, but you know what? He's still he, he's 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 stood up to Trump a lot. He has. Yeah. He has. Yeah. yeah. Um. And he, so he he gets a pass from me for that. Yeah. For voting to impeach. I mean, at least he. I don't know. He was the, also person. the only Republican that would march in a Black Lives Matter. Uh, protest. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. He was the only Republican yeah. that marched in Black Lives yeah, Matter protest. Yeah. Um, so how is, how is it not just like the racist party? Like, well, I mean, let's be, party. let's be honest. Like a lot of Trump's rise was rooted in racism and that's why he ran as a Republican because he knew he could win with yeah. that um, type of rhetoric. What's that? And you know what? There's a um, there's an interview I saw about Trump. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. I could probably find it, but he it's an interview from ages ago. But he's saying, if I ever run for office, I will run as a Republican because those fucking Id- idiots will believe anything you tell them. He said that about his constituents. I, I always knew. I always had this. He um... knew that they will. I mean, he's he just. Well, I mean, he's a he's a con man. That's what he's always he's been. Is he's a con, and I always had this vision of him going out to his rallies and like spewing all the bullshit he says, and then like after the rally, being backstage and being like, I can't believe these fucking idiots listen to this shit. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. And you know, and you know that's what he says. Oh he oh is yeah. Not a fan of poor people. No. And poor people. Are his Which is unfortunate because um, yeah, the, he'll never, he'll never, uh, he'll never, and I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. He could run it, he could run again, could very well run again, yeah, but he probably will. He probably will run again because he's got the Republican Party so on lockdown now because of. Yeah. Uh, no, the, and it, I was talking to my, um, I run a feminist press and we yeah. talk sometimes about things and um, my managing editor is in Australia and she's like, he just doesn't give a fuck about anybody, does he? No. One... no he doesn't. I said what he cares about is power and money. One place I want to, um, because I, there's, we criticized Obama on the Flint, Michigan thing. And I also want to criticize him in another area, and that would be the the wars, because I'm really tired of being in Afghanistan. Like, why the fuck are we still in Afghanistan? Why the fuck are we still in Iraq? Why did he shouldn't have, like, I don't agree with what he did in Libya. Um, and I mean, Trump, I mean, this isn't just Obama, but we had hoped that Obama was going to be able to just stop some of these wars. And he didn't really. Um, so I, I mean, and I don't know, I don't know. I think, I think Biden is more of reserved than say Hillary is, or you know what I mean? I think he's more kind of not pacifist, but like, Biden might be able to get us out of those, um, like, you know, like I'm sick. I'm sick of spending all like all this money on wars in the military industrial complex and it's getting to the point where the only reason we're still at war is because 
the military contractors need to make millions and billions of dollars. Right. Yeah. Well, but the problem is, like, Trump pulling our soldiers out with no... You can't just pull them out. Oh, I know. You need a plan. Who, you know, just to do it to make... Right. Well, he pulled... I feel like everything he's doing now is just trying to hurt Biden and hurt... You know, or or he's gonna send them to Iran because he really wants to start a war with Iran really bad. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the um, the wars issue could be like a whole other podcast. Yeah, we can talk about that another time. All right, I want you to read one of your poems. Yeah, we'll 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 save that for the next podcast. We'll talk about like the the Iraq War and like another another place back to bernie sanders another issue where he was he led the opposition to that war and he yeah yeah he wow a lot of other democrats like joe biden like hillary clinton voted for the war he led the opposition against it and to me the iraq war was one of the worst fucking decisions we've ever made and because the it was it was based off a lie i'm um just enough older than you, my dear, that I remember the day um, Iraq invaded Kuwait, and I came home from school, and I was in high school, and my dad was like, well, we're at war, you know, and it's never ended. No, 19 years, or, well, well, 19 years in Afghanistan, and 17 years in our, that's, that's a, like, that's most of my life we've been at war. Yeah. Like it's I, I don't I hate it so, um, yeah. So I would like you to read one of your poems, and then okay. I'm this is my second podcast for the day, and I've been doing homework, so I'm like about brain shock. Yeah, you know what I still have to do is create my um my course for the week for <laughs> the community college Um, so I'll do that. But you know what we're doing poetry this week because we only have two weeks left. And so I had told them um, we would do poetry to, like, relax. relax nice. You know, nice. I'm having trouble with deciding, like, do I do... Anyone you want. I don't care. I just want... Every time I have a podcast with you, I want to have... I want you to do a poem at the end. Okay. Yeah. This is not, this is not a political one. That's fine. doesn't this have to be. A me poem. Okay. Um, and it's one that I. It's in um, like my book about postpartum depression. And okay. We can talk about that another time too. Yes. All right. This is called Small Souls. And I should say a content warning. Um, this deals with sexual assault. And okay. And if anyone is not up for that, you can. Turn um, it off. Yeah. yeah. And or take good care of yourself. Yeah. Um, small souls. Outside my window there is a huge raccoon who eats live chicks by the light of the moon. He taunts me, mean, as he lets them clean my shards for teeth. Those chicks are my babies. It makes me weak to think how they suffered. I don't want to talk about what I should have done, how I should have run outside, how I should have grabbed the gun, how I should have run to you. You were suffering. I was suffering too. Afraid of the toilet, the witch that lived in it. If I shit, she would stick me with a needle. 
So anal retentive, I spent my young years holding the craft inside. And I grew chubby, white and blubbery, grass grew swollen as rotten melons. Then I got raped, eaten alive by a human raccoon, ice shards for teeth, by the light of a horrid post-dawn moon. Don't like what you're doing to me, I whimpered. Just a 16-year-old virgin on a downhill slide to last a lifetime. Who knew I would miss all those years I shit my pants? Those were the easy ones. All those were the good times. Now all I hope for is to live long enough to help my children live good lives. Doesn't matter that I want to die. It's no longer about me. It's about the young children who are scared to go to the bathroom, who are scared of the dark, who are scared of angry parents that yell and they cower like storm-ravaged sunflowers. I am, I am the evil ogre that should get locked up. But then who would stroke their ochre cheeks of suede at night as they risk the closing of their eyes and lay there, small souls exposed to the evil teeth of the night? And I whimper, night little ones, mama's here, speak to me. No. It had like a very sad beginning and then it was like a better ending. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To start the poem. A lot of my poems are tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I enjoyed it. All right, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you for this. Right. And we'll definitely do it again. I'll get in touch with you. Um, I'm about to like go back to school and stuff this week. So I need to kind of figure out my schedule for a couple of days. But, um, all right, it's awesome to talk, yeah, it's almost awesome to talk to you, okay? Yeah, it's my my pleasure and privilege. Thank you, Matt. All right, (laughs) have a good night. Take care, you too. Bye, bye.